Feast of Christ the King, from Colossians. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, baptism, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. That's what Jesus does in the Mass and all, in, in all the sacraments. He reconciles all things to himself, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. That's Eucharist, that's confession, that's confirmation, that's all the sacraments. The blood of Jesus sanctifying us through the sacraments. And you, who once were estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and in, irreproachable before him, provided that you continue in the faith. So God will sanctify us through the sacraments if we continue in the faith. That's why you got to consume the faith every day. Consume the deposit of faith in Scripture and in tradition. So you can continue in it. Then the sacraments will save you. The blood of Christ through those sacraments will save you. But, as it says, you got to continue in the faith. Again, you continue in the deposit of faith through consuming it through Scripture, through, through, through tradition. which is your prayer life. Read your catechisms. Read your Bibles. Pray the rosary. Meditate, think, and pray the deposit of faith. That couple with the sacraments, and you will be saved. God will pull it off. But you must continue in the faith. Participate. Today's Gospels from John 18. Pilate entered the praetorium again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priest have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingship is not of this world. If my kingship were of this world, my servants would fight, that I might not be handed over to the Jews. But my kingship is not from the world. Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born. For this I have come into the world. To bear witness to the truth. Everyone who hears the truth hears my voice. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So you've got to hear the voice of Jesus. Again, how do you hear the voice of Jesus? 
through the deposit of faith, through sacred, sacred scripture, through sacred tradition. You hear the voice of Jesus. So open your Bibles, open your catechism, pray your rosary, consume the deposit of faith. You'll be consuming Jesus. You can make it into a spiritual communion when you read your Bible, when you read your catechism. Consume Jesus. When you pray that rosary, consume Jesus. And then on Sunday, if you're in a state of grace, you consume his body and his blood physically in the Holy Eucharist. Baltimore Catechism today on temporal punishment. It says, why does the priest give us penance after going to confession? Answer that we may satisfy God for the temporal punishment due to our sins. What's temporal punishment? Temporal punishment is punishment for sin that will have an end in this life or in the next, purgatory. Every single sin we commit has temporal punishment attached to it. Eternal punishment is taken away through the sacraments, through confession, through baptism. It says the sacrament of penance remits the eternal punishment due to sin, but it does not always remit the temporal punishment, which God requires as satisfaction for our sins. That begs the next question. Why does God require temporal punishment as satisfaction for our sins? Okay, It's not because he's grumpy. It's because he's a good father. Listen to this. It says, God requires temporal punishment as satisfaction for sins to teach us the great evil of sin and prevent us from falling again. Temporal punishment instructs us. Temporal punishment strengthens us. It's good for us. God gives us what's good for us doesn't want to torture us. He's a father, and the father wants to train his children properly. What are the chief means by which we satisfy God for the temporal punishment due to sins? They are prayer, fasting, alms, the spiritual and corporal works of mercy, and the patient suffering of the ills of life. That's a good meditation list right there. That's a good to-do list right there. Latin for the day is sed libera, nos e malo, but deliver us from evil. St. Pius X comments on this petition in his catechism. He says, but deliver us from evil. We ask God to free us from evils, past, present, and future, and particularly from the greatest of all evils, which is sin, and from eternal damnation, which is its penalty. He says, we say, we say, deliver us from evil and not from all evils. He says, we say, deliver us from evil and not from evils. Plural. Deliver us from evil, not evils. Because we should not desire to be exempt from all the evils of this life, but only those which are not good for our souls. Temporal punishment is very good for the soul. God's not going to deliver you from that. He's going to bless you with that. Hence, we beg liberation from evil in general, that is, from whatever God sees would be bad for us. Is it not lawful to beg liberation from some evil in particular, for example, sickness? St. Pius says, yes, it's lawful, but always in bowing to the will of God, who may even ordain that particular affliction for the good of our souls. How do tribulations which God sends us help us? He says they help us to do penance for our sins, practice virtue, 
and above all to imitate Jesus, our head, to whom it is fitting we should conform ourselves in our sufferings if we wish to share in his glory.